edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who likes to run around everywhere. He goes to stores. He goes to work. Well, he works at home, so he does it on camera. He goes to family members' houses and yells, It's clobberin' time! Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? I'm uh, I'm doing very well. I'm feeling alive on this evening after a uh, after a Jerry Depoto trade. So I am feeling very alive. Can't wait to talk about it. How are you doing? Well, look in my eyes. What do you see? Uh, looks like a cult of personality. Could be wrong. Am I am I wrong on that? Oh, that is correct. Oh, okay, that is good. correct. That is correct. Good, good. good. You you got it. Um, some deep cuts here, or not so deep cuts, you know, because we talk about them pretty religiously on this, at least in the start of the episodes all the time. Um, I'm doing well. Uh, just another nice off day. Got to relax, hang out with the wife. Um, you know, you just recently had a kid. That's why we took, um, you know, a little hiatus. And my brother... Just last week, him and his wife welcomed their second kid. So um, if you're listening, Colt, I'm sure you don't because this is Mariners baseball we talk about. But, you know, welcome to the family trip. Congratulations, Colt and Kaylee. And, you know, I'll be up there soon to see him. So. Anyways, that was an awkward pause. Anyways, we got a lot to talk about, Bo. We have, you know, we've got. We, we, we switched it up a little bit. We were going to continue our deep dive on teams that uh, um, we, you know, were previewing for the coming season. We, you know, took a left turn, decided to talk prospects, and then one of our prospects got traded. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But before we get into everything, thank you for taking time for coming back to listen to the Forks Down podcast. That's, of course, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, Thanks for choosing us. Hopefully we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. Um, It's been really exciting to see, you know, every week people, you know, more and more people listening to the show. Um, I don't know if you noticed, Bo, but we are coming up on 5,000 listens. So that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good milestone for us. A, A little small time, you know, podcast that I edit off a laptop. Bo and I each have a microphone. You know, we're, we're a little rinky-dink operation, but we've almost got 5,000 listens. So if you have listened once, if you listened five times, if you listen religiously to every episode, thank you for, for being there for us and, and listening to us and showing us support. Um, you know, it means the world to us. So if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, and find us on Threads. Just search Forks Down Podcast. I'm kind of liking Bo the Instagram scene right now because I can place music with our, our post weekly. Oh, so, um, you know, if you, if you saw the title of our last episode, it was referencing a song by the great Shaka Khan. Ain't nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to post part of the song on Instagram. So, um, you know, if, if you're feeling like you, uh, want to listen to a little bit of music, while you look at our uh, our post weekly, head over to Instagram. A lot of fun. You might get tipped off by the titles I put. You know that kind of um, you know makes me decide what I'm gonna post. Is usually what I title the podcast. 
I'm a big music fan. So um, go to Instagram. But of course, we're also on Facebook and Threads. Just search us. You can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. Get notified about new episodes dropping. You can rate us one to five. Um, you know, if you give us a one star, make sure you leave your name so we can have Bo's kid Xander call you up and uh, complain to you that you are being mean to um, his dad and Uncle Ricky. So, um, you know, do that. It'd be tons of fun for Bo and I, but do that for us. <laughs> Anyways, let's get started, Bo. Uh, we got a couple of transactional notes. We're going to start with the small one first. Um, <laughs> you put it the proper way in the notes, Bo. I'm going to say it like this. The Mariners signed Vanessa Hutchins' husband to a minor league deal because that's all he's known for. Um, you know, his name's Cole Tucker, but uh, he's a former first round pick. Uh, he was drafted by the Rockies, played a little time with the Pirates, or maybe I reversed that. Maybe he was drafted by the Pirates, played a little time with the Rockies. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, you like this minor league deal, Bo? I mean, it adds a little bit of depth for us. I, I mean, it's fine. It's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a uh, little bit of something there. See if he can tap into, a, you know, whatever he's able to get to. I think we're still trying to figure you know, fill out some sort of triple A roster. So it all makes sense. But, uh, unfortunately I'm not expecting much out of Mr. Cole Tucker, but, um, yeah, it's fine to help fill out the roster and, uh, the minor league roster that is. And if there's an injury somewhere, which really hoping there's not, but, um, you know, maybe he gets a net bat or two like he did with Colorado last year, but, uh, honestly not expecting much Cole Tucker. Hey, I think you need to start going to some Tacoma games now. He's going to be on that AAA roster. You might be able to go see the star of High School Musical. Like, you'll be in the same house as a celebrity. I I didn't I didn't think of it that way. I'll uh, I'll, I'll 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 consider that the next time. Um, you know. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Maybe maybe you know you can get some uh, get her number. Uh, not her number because you're married, but Zach Efron's number from her, so we can get like a advanced DVD screening of uh, the Iron Claw. You know, I live so far away from the movies, I can't go see it, but I really want to see it. So Got maybe it. you can do that for me. Get get you know get him on the horn. Maybe send us a couple copies of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, I'll I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Yep. Folks, when he says he'll think about it, the answer is ninety nine percent of the time no. <laughs> Is that what that means? Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? I I know you, Bo. I know you, Bo. Hmm. <laughs> Trying to let you down easy, my friend. <laughs> ah, dang it. Dang it. Second uh, little bit of transactional notes here that we have, um, and it's a, it's a pretty juicy one here. Mariners acquired Jose Polanco, second baseman from the Minnesota Twins. In return, the Twins got a very... Uh, I would say a very decent package um, headlined by Justin Topa, um, one of our relief pitchers and Gabriel Gonzalez, our number, depending on where you look, he's our number four or five prospect. Um, he was number, correct me if I'm wrong, Bo 77 in baseball America this year for top 100. Um, we'll talk about it. I mean, we're going to go through baseball America and baseball yeah. prospectus today. Um, he actually yeah. did. He actually was not in the top 100 for either of those outlets, but for MLB.com, he was, oh, MLB. uh, yes, yeah, MLB.com. He was number 70, uh, number 79. 
Yeah. 79. 77, 79. I was close. It was, I knew it was in the 70s. Um, also, the other two pieces, Darren Bowen and Mariners legend Anthony Scalafani. I can't ever say his name. I'm so glad he's off the team now, so I don't have to say it unless he's pitching against us. But uh, a four-for-one package. There was some money included in the deal to kind of make it all balance out because, uh, um, you know, there's some pretty big contracts getting passed around Discalfani and um, Jorge Polanco. But, um, Bo, this happened like two hours before we've shot, and um, I'm still trying to process it. So maybe you can make some sense of it for me. Make me feel better about losing Gabby Gonzalez. Um... Hmm. Well, let me think about that. Uh, but I guess, you know, I'm still trying to process it a little bit too. I'm trying to f- figure out, you know, been on the subreddit trying to figure, trying to figure out the pulse of the fan base. It kind of seems like the twins fans are relatively happy about the deal. And I think that makes sense. Cause the twins, they just had, they had pretty much had a log jam that they were ultimately going to try to move Jorge Polanco. And it seemed like they, this was kind of maybe the best deal that they were going to be able to get, but you know, now they can very easily slide, slide Edward Julian into the second base slot and be very confident there. And, you know, they they have they had a surplus and they are able to fix that. Right. So, like, it seems like the Twins fans are pretty happy with the return. I think there's a mixed kind of feeling amongst Mariner fans about it. Um, I, uh, I, I, I kind of feel like the biggest mm, I, the biggest hang up is the person that you mentioned, Gabriel Gonzalez. Um, you know, he is a top 100 prospect via baseball, uh, via MLB.com. Um, like I said, I think it's important to point out the like baseball prospectus, baseball America, two outlets that I think go do a little bit more detailed job than MLB.com. Um, don't have Gabriel Gonzalez in, in either of those spots. Um, I think it's, uh, it's important to point out. I think baseball America had him on number five, um, and then uh, baseball prospectus had him. Um, I want to say it was also in that. Yeah, the baseball prospectus had him at number four. So you can take that kind of however you want there. Um, but we're going to do a little deep dive on the prospects today anyway. So that's all ties into it. But um, I know from Baseball America, they kind of talked about a little bit how Gabriel Gonzalez was making a little bit maybe out of shape towards the end of the season. So if you're looking for some maybe. I don't, that's not a, certainly a positive sign for Gabriel Gonzalez, but like a positive sign is like maybe the Mariners didn't just trust his development too well. And um, they thought now was a better time to kind of maybe sell high on him. Um, but again, he is still super young at only 19. Um, and yeah, that's the biggest part. I think people are getting hung up on is just that it was kind of a lot to ask for maybe just a year and maybe two years of Jorge Polanco. Um, so you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the Gabriel Gonzalez summary there. Did that make you feel, does that make you feel any better? No, a little bit, a little bit. And it, you know, first reaction to it when we were talking about it before we hopped on, um, you know, I was kind of like irritated. I'm like, why are we getting rid of Gabby Gonzalez? Um, started looking into it more. Obviously he didn't have a great, um, end of the season with high a Everett. Um, you know, played fairly well with Modesto, but, um, you know, like you said, um, Baseball America, or they were saying he kind of looked like he was out of shape. So, um, again, you could take that with a grain of salt because they were doing the same thing to Noel V. Marte last year. We traded him, and 
he's now on the Reds, probably going to make the opening day roster, you know, judging he was on the Reds the end of last season. So um, that one's a, a to be determined, I feel. Um, the other pieces, I'm, 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 I'm bummed that we're losing Topa in a sense of, um, I thought he was definitely the number three in that bullpen. You know, the, you know, he, he I felt like he complimented Munoz and, and Brash well, and at some points last season, even pitched better than they did. Um, but really Topa's a guy that had one good season with, you know, that being with the Mariners and, you know, Jerry has shown that we kind of have a relief, a reliever factory. You know, there's a reason there's a method to his madness with all these minor league deals and, and relief pitchers that, you know, are kind of going unnoticed or getting signed. Cause one of them was probably going to turn into Justin Topa by opening day. So um, I'm bummed to, to miss out on him to be determined on, on Gonzalez, but uh, does Scalfani, you know, Mariners legend, 2023 late 2023 to 2024 you know we'll remember you in that that mariners uniform and uh darren bowen i don't know much about i did see afterwards um after kind of the news hit um he did post on twitter seemed very gracious um you know said you know thanks to the mariners for taking a chance on a kid i can't remember where he's from but taking a chance on a kid out of this town um and he's excited to start with the twins so um I, I know you were a little excited for, for Darren Bowen though, right? Yeah. And I, um, uh, to the, to the opposite side of where baseball America didn't really probably have, um, as glowing of a review for Gabriel Gonzalez still like, you know, the bat, I think, but, um, the opposite side of that is, uh, baseball America and it's top prospect breakouts of the year. Right. Uh, did have Darren Bowen on that list. So Darren Bowen was on a, you know, potential breakout list for the Mariners um, that the that baseball America did notice there. Right. Um, you know, how to, how to, you know, fastball is only 92, 94, um, a decent, decent slider and, you know, a kind of a, a fringy change up that he was working on. But, um, you know, for the most part was, I think coming along, he looked really good towards the end of the season last year. And I think that there was a, a decent chance that he was going to get to Everett and, who knows, right? I think when he gets the Everett, um, you know, you kind of, I think, definitely are getting your, um, you know, your good, some good chops there in the in the minor leagues at that point, and could have could have had some sort of breakout. So there was definitely potential there, especially in the Mariners system that does like to develop pitchers. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's a good package for the Twins because I feel like they're getting, um you know, a couple of good lottery picks, I'd almost call them and still Gabriel Gonzalez and Darren Bowen. And, um, you know, Justin Topa is, uh, has a good floor, I think pitcher for them. Um, and Discofani seems like they just add some depth to there. So I think it's a good package for them. Um, you know, fairness, fairness judges, I feel like is difficult. It's super difficult to try to say that until you really see how the trade all plays out. Um, but you know, right now, if, if we're looking at this from the Mariner side, um, Jorge Polanco, um, as you go to roster resource, they slotted him in as the Mariners number three hitter. Right. So it's difficult for me to, you know, it does seem like a lot to kind of give up for a guy that you're going to get for a year and maybe two, if you want to exercise your club option on him. But, um, you know, if there's certainly one area that I think you and I, and a lot of other Mariner fans could agree on is that the offense needs help. Right. And mm-hmm. Jorge Polanco, a former all-star, 
Um, you know, guy projected for right around two and a half to, I guess, two and a half war with a one, you know, 10 WRC plus is, is a good bat. That's a good bat to get into the Mariners lineup that is, you know, certainly needed it. So I feel like the, the benefit of getting Jorge Polanco in this scenario is a, is a good one, right? Even though the steep may, even though the price may seem a little steep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little cautious on Polanco just because we sung up the praise, at least when um, the trade happened for Colton Wong last season. And so I'm, I'm a little more cautious this time around, but um, I, I do hope and, and possibly think he could be the answer to our second base issues. Of course, like you said, that slots him in at second base. Almost immediately, he's going to start there. You know, obviously we got Ty France at first, shortstop, you know, old reliable and JP. But then that moves Josh Rojas, probably doing a platoon with Luis Urias at third, which sounds a little bit better than one of those two having to play second base every day. Um, You know, and then of course, uh, the other spots that they have, um, you know, corner outfield spots. So it'll be a combination of Canzone, Canzone, um, Hanniger, and Ra- uh, Rayleigh, and then uh, Cal Raleigh behind the plate, uh, Julio at center. So um, I think the lineup's looking better. It still needs help. Still needs help. We still need that one bat. And I kind of wonder, Bo, you know, we, we went after Jorge Polanco, and I, I wonder if there were talks, um, especially since, you know, we mentioned it last week, if they tried to get into contact with the Marlins about Luis um, Arias, uh, I feel like he would have been a little bit better please than Polanco. Um, it makes me wonder if the the asking price on him was pretty high, judging he's one of the best contact hitters in the league. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I I'm not going to complain about Jorge Polanco because we needed to get a better second baseman or get some stable at second base. And we did that with this trade. Let's hope he stays healthy. Maybe returns to his 2019 form and, and becomes an all-star. Yeah, no, that's an important, important part of this um, is the health factor. And um, I, I, I will say, I will say this is that there is a, there is a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, Oh, if this guy stays healthy, Oh, if this guy stays healthy, Oh, if this guy stays healthy on the Mariners, like light, lineup right now like on the roster um mm-hmm. which i feel like we should probably do some sort of state of the roster or state of the lineup for me our maybe our next chat because uh there's a lot of guys on here that haven't played um you know a full 100 and whatever haven't played 150 games in a long time on this roster right now so i think there's a little bit of a question with some of the guys here but um on the flip side of that right if you have a number of these guys that do stay healthy i think the um, it's gonna be a huge benefit and you know really gonna help out the team. So there is that there is a definite uh yeah, knock on wood that everybody stays healthy, but uh overall it looks good right now. Um helps fill a need. Um and uh yeah, I'm just glad that we took some step to trying to remedy the offense a little bit and we didn't, you know, we didn't lose Brian 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 Wu. Brian Wu. We didn't we lose we didn't lose Brian Wu or Bryce Miller or you know I think one of our big three and Cole Young, Harry Ford or Cole Emerson. So I think that's that's all to benefit of the Mariners. So um, I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this leads to more moves though? You know I know it's kind of a wash on the money side, especially with the Mariners adding some some money in there. 
But do you think this? Do we do we still make moves after this? I mean, I mean that was the question after we did the whole, you know, getting Luke Rayleigh, Mitch Haniger, you know, making those trades. Um, you know, were we gonna make another move? And it took a, a few weeks, but there was another move. So do you think we're done here, or do you think we still pursue, you know, the trade market, or do we go after a, a free agent? You know, uh, maybe a Cody Bellinger. What are you thinking? Uh, I don't think, I don't think old Cody's not going to want to come to Seattle. I would say that there's probably a, I would say that there's probably a likely need for somebody that's like, we lost Discofani, right? And Discofani was acquired for a reason to kind of be that whatever six man swing man, or, you know, if they, if they start Brian Wu in triple a and, um, they start Brian Wu in triple a and then, uh, bring him up eventually Discofani is going to fill that hole. I mean, it does kind of seem like maybe Austin Voth might fill that role, but I, I do see maybe them trying to get some sort of, uh, some sort of pitcher on like a minor league deal. I'm looking at like the free agent list and nobody really makes a lot of sense right now, but like maybe like a Matthew Boyd or somebody like that, that can fill like one or two starts for the Mariners in the interim. Maybe those guys make sense, but I, it's, it's difficult for me to see any other sort of big name free agent outside of that. But what about you? Mm, probably same. I, I wonder what they're going to do with the pitching just in a sense of, do they go and get that, that six starter that, you know, Discofani was going to be, or, do they go and and sign another reliever, you know, or another couple of relievers? Because you know we like to do the minor league deal thing with them. But um, you know, I could see something like that happening. Um, I I hope we still are pursuing more offense. Um, again, I think we're a, a fine team offensively, but we're not great. And that was the Mariners' downfall last year. Trying to get to the playoffs was they didn't have the offense kind of to sustain. You know. Granted, you know, the pitching staff was pretty worn down by the end of the season, but um, yeah, just uh, hoping they're still looking at some offense, but can't complain. They made a a positive out of this by getting Polanco and, um, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. So, um. Let's move to some off-season notes real quickly um, before we hop into our our prospect talk. Um, (laughs) One thing that was mentioned uh, by a couple different outlets, uh, mainly we saw it on MLB Trade Rumors, uh, but Dylan Cease, um, Mariners had some interest in him. Um, That left me and I'm sure you two, Bo, scratching your head, scratching our heads, because uh, what... What's the end goal for getting Cease? I don't, I don't know. We complain about money, and he's only on an eight million dollar contract. Um, you know, he's. I think he's got until twenty twenty six that he's under contract, or it's one year and then a option year, something like that. But um, he'd be a free agent by twenty twenty six. Do you think? And I was talking with a couple other Mariners fans, friend of the show, Brad Hill, um, was talking with me today about. Um, you know, the, the interest in cease, it, it kind of feels like we threw that out there. I mean, it, it almost be a money dump situation. Cause it makes me feel like if we were to pick him up, we would ship out Luis Castillo, you know, and, and he, we'd go from our number one being La Pedra to the number one being Dylan cease. But 
I, I just can't make heads or tails of it either. That's that's the confusing part, <laughs> you know, is why would we be interested in him? Yeah, I, I immediately thought like I, my immediate thought was like, OK, let me go to the roster resource page for the White Sox and see what else is on the White Sox that might make a deal like function or like my like piecemeal deal like what else is on there like that's what my immediate thought was um was like okay is there some other player some other you know person on here outside of luis robert obviously but like it's kind of like uh i mean yon mancada not not really uh aloy jimenez i kind of like aloy jimenez but not for you know i think maybe the price of what they were gonna want for him but like there was nothing there was like not for the price and we don't need another injury prone corner outfielder. We really don't. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like Aloy Jimenez as a DH, I guess. Let's put it that way, yeah. right? Like, I, I like but Aloy Jimenez as a DH. So. We have Mitch Garver, so I was like, okay, well, there's nothing here that really makes a whole lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, and you always wonder about these things. You know, I think Nightingale in his piece was like, you know, there's no, there's no really, there's nothing that's really transgressed here. It's just more like checking in or something like that. So, like, you always wonder about these rumors if it's like, Oh, is it just the Mariners and the White Sox have a standing call every couple of days and they just check in and said, you know, what ceases price? We know we never you never really know the extent of it, but um, maybe there's an element of this of like the Mariners are just, you know, kicking around ideas of like, do we just go full starting pitching? Right. Like, is this just, you know, do we just go all in on this? Right. And try to win every ball game one nothing like that's I know that's you know, that's kind of a crazy idea, but um there is that thought maybe of like, you know, if we have an all time, you know, all time um, pitching rotation, you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's beneficial in the end. Right. An all time pitching rotation with an average offense, you know, it's not crazy to think that that's a team that could, you know, get into the postseason. Right. So maybe there's that element to it. Maybe they're just kicking around ideas. But um, yeah, I didn't really think much of it. Um, I didn't think that Dylan Cease is going to be uh, Dylan Cease was. I mean, Dylan Cease is still projected for like a four ERA ish in that area, right? So, like, is he that much of an upgrade over? You know, I don't think I, I I'd probably rather have Logan Gilbert, honestly. Like, that's kind of my thought. So, Dylan Cease to me is like our fourth starter, which is kind of crazy to say, but um, yeah, didn't really make much sense to me at the time. Um, still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me unless there's I don't know some wild three team deal or something like that in the mix, but. Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Just, I I would get why we're interested in Cease in a sense of you know he's only one year removed from you know being second place in the Cy Young. If if Verlander didn't have, I'd almost say historic season that he had twenty twenty two, Cease probably would have won that Cy Young award. Um, but you know his his for, he was he was playing for a bad team last year and his. You know, you, you got to kind of take that into a fact, into account. But, um, you know, his projections aren't great for this season. And obviously, I think that's because of what he's playing with with the White Sox. But, yeah, I, I would, like you said, I'd rather take a Logan Gilbert, a George Kirby, a Luis Castillo. Um, you know, he'd be a four. So why, why would we pay Dylan C. $8 million to be a four? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like the Robbie Ray, Ray situation. I feel like Robbie Ray probably was, if he was still on the roster, probably would have been a four and we're paying a ton of money to him to be a four. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. So, um, you know, 
good looking out. And Bo, you gotta admit, I don't think this Mariners fandom could take a whole season of the team getting Felixed. I don't think they could. Are you sure about that? Because like I feel I, like we've I, I feel like we become we've become accustomed to it. We kind of expect it now. No, when Felix was pitching, I mean, not to say he didn't pitch with good pitchers, because at several times he had, you know, uh, Asashi Akuma or uh, Jason Vargas had a couple decent seasons, or um, you know, there's Jared Washburn I think mixed in there. Maybe that was a little after or before um, Felix's time. But um, <laughs> we always expected that with Felix. Well, I don't feel like we ever expected it with the other guys. So if we had five legitimate starters, then we were all getting Felix every night. I I really think that, you know, the fandom would explode. It would turn into, screw it, just sell the team. Just just sell it. Just move somewhere else. Baseball in Seattle. Baseball in Seattle was a mistake. Just start over again. Yeah. Just just give up. Just start. Move them. Move them. We'll get the next expansion team. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't think the fan base could could take five nights in a row every game getting Felixed. So That's fair. <laughs> Some other notes here before we start in our prospect talk. Well, it's actually one other note, and it's it's a pretty big one. But uh, they just announced who was elected to the Hall of Fame. The votes came out, and I I am very shocked by this, Bo, because we all know that baseball writers can be very uh, – it's a good term to put it. No, I wouldn't say fickle. Maybe, like, power-hungry almost. Like, they, this is their one power to elect – players into you know something that's legitimate and valid and all this stuff but um three players were elected to the hall of fame this year um we'll get the the two out of the way here todd helton from former colorado rocky first baseman uh one of my favorites to watch growing up um i don't care that he played in, in Coors field um but he is getting his rightful place right next to larry walker in that hall of fame um, you know, when you think of the Rockies, you think of those two guys, Joe Maurer, um, catcher for former catcher for the Minnesota twins. Again, another fun guy to watch, um, just could slap the ball wherever, um, played contact. But the, the third one here, the big one and, um, the overall kind of guy that, that had the biggest number of votes, Adrian Beltre, former Dodger, former Mariner, former Red Sox, former Texas Ranger. And uh, I I feel like that's a pretty good class, Bo. Yeah, it's a pretty good class. Yeah, pretty good class. Um, I think you'll expect, uh, I think it was Billy Wagner to get in probably next year, it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, coupled with a couple, coupled with somebody else that we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty good class. Should be, uh, should be a fun uh, ceremony this year. And yeah. Uh, in Cooperstown. Yep. I don't know about you, Bo, but like I, I, it, it just means that we're getting old, but it's kind of wild to me. Um, it's, it's kind of surreal that guys that, I mean, there's a lot of guys that have, have got into the hall of fame now that we grew up watching, but like, I feel like these three were through our like 
middle school and high school years. So like, right. We grew up instead of just watching the game, we grew up and we were studying these guys. You know, you were watching Adrian Beltre on that hot corner play defense and, and, you know, he had a fun stance to try to mimic, you know, with his front foot in towards the plate a little bit and had a little bit of a bat wiggle. Um, you know, we watched those guys. We watched Joe Maurer, you know, be be awesome behind the plate, but also awesome, you know, hitting the ball around the field. You, you said last year that, um, I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast, but 240 for a catcher nowadays is like 280 for any other player. But Joe Maurer was hitting... 340, 350, you know, and then Todd Helton, like I said, just one of my favorites to watch, just mash the ball. He can hit a home run. He can hit in the gap. Yes, he did play in Coors Field, but like he still was a great ball player. Like it's just sur- surreal to me that these guys that, you know, not that we just watched, but we studied are now getting into the Hall of Fame. We're just getting older. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I like to describe it. We're at the phase where like MVP baseball, 2005, like the guys that you played with in MVP baseball, 2005, everybody played MVP baseball, 2005, right? Like that's where we're at now. So like, it's definitely nostalgic and definitely uh, exciting to see the guys that, uh, yeah, the guys that were your, yeah, like, you know, childhood in a lot of ways, um, are, uh, yeah. in the hall of fame. So, and I think Adrian Beltre, especially right. Um, I remember when Adrian Beltre and Richie Sexton signed back to back. Um, and uh, I think the offseason in 2004, 2005. And um, yeah, that was uh that was a big Mariner moment Mariner fandom moment for me. Right. I was excited for the team. I was excited that, you know, they were taking the steps and it looked like better days were ahead and didn't obviously turn out the way we wanted it to, I think for the team wise, but um, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's, it's, a little surreal to see the guys going into the hall of fame nowadays, especially with someone that will certainly be going in next year. Yeah. Yeah. You keep teasing it, but I might as well just out it here next year on the ballot. You know, like you said, Billy Wagner's probably going to get in. Should have, should have got in this year. Honestly, um, he missed it by three votes and uh, you know, depending on how you look at it, he is somewhere between the third and the fifth best release pitcher relief pitcher of all time. So I'm sure he'll get in next season, but two former Mariners are getting on the ballot next year. One being Ichiro Suzuki, the other being Felix Hernandez. Um, I love Felix. Um, I, I, I know I said this last year in the podcast, but the moment that Felix went into the Mariners hall of fame, I was, I was crying. Like it was such a, to hear, I'm the man as he walked out of the bullpen, just, you know, something I'll just always remember as a Mariners fan, but I, I have trouble believing that he's going to get in. Honestly, um, I love him to death, but I just don't think, I don't think he's going to get in without the help of maybe the, the veterans committee, but Ichiro, uh, first ballot hall of famer, absolute lock. And um, I've already seen people mention it. If he doesn't get a hundred percent vote, you know, you know who you need all the all the ballots need to be public because you we need to ostracize the people that you know, like Ken Griffey not getting in unanimously. Like we need to ostracize the two people that didn't vote for him. You know, we need to ostracize the people that don't vote for Ichiro. One of the greatest contact editors of all time. You know, they don't take an account. Japanese stats, but you take into the fact that he has over 4,000 hits 
throughout his Japanese and Major League career with over 3,000 of those coming at the Major League level. Like, I, I don't know what else you got to do to be considered a 100% lock. Like... Yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's difficult to say why people vote or don't vote in a certain way. So, I uh, yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer, right? Uh, Edgar Martinez mm-hmm. and Ichiro Suzuki will be in the same hall together. So, like, I try not to get too upset about it because somebody's probably bound to do it, just given the fact that I don't know Ichiro didn't play in America for a couple of years or. Ichiro's end of, the end of Ichiro's career wasn't that spectacular or something that they'll make up, but um, yeah, I, I it's uh, it's still going to be exciting, still going to be uh, fun to have Ichiro um, go in there next year. Um, it will be, I think Felix does have quite a quite an uphill battle to to climb there um, uh, if he uh, if he's going to get votes there, but uh, regardless, you know. It should be fun to have Ichiro get in there. Maybe one or two other people go as well. So it should be a fun, you know, another fun class in 2025. If you know, honestly, if Felix gets in, I'll shed probably the same amount of tears. I really would like that dude was the Mariners for a little bit for us. That dude, you know, even Ichiro wasn't there anymore. Felix was that dude. And, uh, I, I just wish he had one or two more prime years to talk about. One or two more year prime years for him. It'd be a whole different situation. He'd be sitting there next to Ichiro going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, people's last look at you matters a lot. And I feel like the end of Felix's career did not go um, very well for him. So uh, I think people will probably remember that a lot when they vote for him. But uh yeah, I mean, there's there's probably certainly a case to be made there somewhere, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I think it uh, more to talk about in the off season as we prepare for the Hall of Fame season next year. So, yep, 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 absolutely, absolutely. All right, but let's move on. We've been teasing it. We've been talking a lot about different stuff. We're already like thirty minutes. 38 minutes into the podcast and we haven't even got to our meat potatoes of the subject or the topic here. So, um, Bo, why don't you, uh, start us off, you know, uh, we're talking about baseball, America, baseball prospectus, um, their overview of the Mariners farm system, our prospects, and, uh, you have a pretty extensive breakdown, um, here. So Bo, take it away. Uh, sure thing. So, you know, I think we just wanted to touch base. We did this last year too, um, kind of reviewing a little bit of both of the prospect side of things um, from, from both of the outlets here. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll dive into kind of the different, the top tens that these, these places have. Um, we'll talk a little bit about baseball. America kind of has a projected 2027 lineup, but mostly just kind of have a general just overview of, I would say a general overview of the Mariners farm system that is, it continues to, to grow, right? I think last year they were somewhere in the 22, 23, 21 range, right. In terms of ranking um, baseball, America thinks it'll probably be somewhere in the middle of the pack in baseball, somewhere that four to 17th range this year. So it's just a farm system that took some steps forward um, this last year, which is, uh, you know, after kind of losing Noel Marte and, 
Um, there was Edwin Arroyo, right? Like it needed that. It needed that. Um, certainly I think going forward and I think they did a, they've done a really good job and I think of propping the system up. So, um, I think just to go over to the baseball to America top 10, um, this has not been reflective, um, since the trade, uh, that just happened today, but it is Cole Young, Harry Ford, Cole Emerson, Lazaro Montes. Uh, the fifth spot was where Gabriel Gonzalez was Tyler Locklear, Felon and Celestine, Johnny Formello. Michael Arroyo and Emerson Hancock. Um, I think it's, uh, and, and if you're taking off, if you're taking off Gabriel Gonzalez there, Jonathan Classe would fill into that 10 spot. So um, we'll just run through, uh, you know, baseball America does note that a couple of prospects to watch outside the top 10 are Aiden Smith, Gita Martinez and Teddy McGraw. Um, a couple of notes on this one is that Emerson Hancock has, has started to fall quite a bit in prospect rankings. Um, I think that might just be a little bit of reflective of some of the injury concerns and maybe just not looking like, you know, that kind of top first round pick that he, he was. Um, so I think he's his stock has fallen a little bit, but a lot of these guys stock has gone way up, right? Lazaro Montes had a, had a phenomenal 2023 and his stock continues to rise and rise and rise. Um, and the three guys, you know, at the top, um, the Mariners have done just a really good job. And I think of hitting on these kind of first round picks and, you know, that's why you see, um, Cole Young there in 2022, Harry Ford in 2021, and then most recently in Cole Emerson in 2023. Um, the, and we'll kind of go over the, the projected 2027 lineup that baseball America has right now is they have Cal Raleigh at catcher. Tyler Locklear at first base, Cole Young at second base, Cole Emerson at third base, JP Crawford still at shortstop, Harry Ford in left field, um, center field. They have Julio Rodriguez right field. They had Gabriel Gonzalez and then a DH. They had Lazar Montes. They like to do this just with like the players that they currently have and just, you know, try to make some sort of, some sort of idea of a lineup out of that. Um, I think in the best tools section, they still have Harry Ford as like the best overall athlete, best strike zone discipline, um, but they're going to say, they say that Cole Young is definitely going to be a hitter that hits for a good and solid average. Um, and you couple that with, um, a power hitter in Lazaro Montes. And I think the overall perspective I'm getting from baseball America is that the offensive side of the ball looks super bright for the Mariners. And I think the hope is that, you know, the offense can be productive and good, um, while the pitching is still dominant, right. Or the pitching is still dominant as it is right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll cover baseball perspectives and then kind of just an over this kind of get try to sum up a little bit of what I think we're seeing from like a lot of these places. Uh, baseball perspectives did have the rankings a little bit different. They put Harry Ford, Cole Emerson, Cole Young. This is where they had Gabriel Gonzalez, Lazar Montes. This is at the sixth spot. They had Ty Pete, Tyler Locklear, Jonathan Classe, Michael Arroyo, and then Johnny Farmello. Um, I think, uh, you know, baseball perspectives doesn't go quite as deep with it as um, Baseball America, but uh, I think the player that um, continues to stick out, and um, I think both these places want to rake higher, is Cole Emerson. Um, Cole Emerson is getting a lot of comps to Kyle Seeger currently, right? Um, and, you know, a left handed bat that, um, <clears throat> a left handed bat that, uh, can likely play the infield that has some pretty good pop hits the ball really hard. Um, so like, I think Cole Emerson is, I'm getting a strong feeling that Cole Emerson very well might jump up this list eventually, essentially, right? Like only 18 going to be 19 sometime later this year. 
um, has a really good shot to, it seems like a really good shot to break through. And it just seems like both these outlets really, really like him to, to make some sort of jump throughout this year at some point. And I think that's reflective in the rankings of how high they ranked him just as an 18 year old. And he was only 17 year olds. He was only 17 year 17. He was drafted as a 17 year old. So um, certainly the, certainly I think the guy to keep an eye on because it seems like, um, you know, superstar, the word through superstar has been thrown around in chats, been thrown around in a couple of different other places. Um, I think his ceiling is higher than I think most on this list. And uh, yeah, he looks like a guy that could make a serious jump, I think in 2024. Um, out of these two lists, Bill, you know, you, you, you broke down their rankings. You, you brought up where they had people in there. They're pretty vastly different outside of the, you know, top three or four. Um, which one do you trust a little bit more? Um, Cause you know, you're really the big, you know, I call you the big stats guy, but you are always the one, you know, even when we were younger growing up and we we're in high school, college, you're the one to be like, Hey, you need to be watching this prospect. You always kind of followed the prospects um, in your mind, baseball perspective or baseball America, which one I know, which one do you favor? Which one do you think's a little bit more accurate? Um, yeah, I think probably at the, if I, if I had to pick between the two, I think on the prospect coverage side, I, I think baseball America probably does it a little bit deeper, a little bit more, um, they have a couple more, you know, I think reports on guys. I think that their information is just a little bit more detailed. Right. So I think that, you know, it, because of that, I think it makes a little bit more sense to probably put them a little bit higher. And I think I do like their, their top 10, um, probably a little bit more. I think the one hang up I might have on is Celestine. Like they still ranked Felon Felon Celestine in the top 10 and he hasn't even really debuted at all. So there is a little bit of a gap there, I feel like, but, um, uh, yeah, I guess it does that answer your question, right? I think, I think baseball perspective still does some things. So still things still does some things, right? Um, they're pretty hot. They're, they're higher on Jeter Martinez, which I think is a, is a right call, right? Jeter Martinez is kind of raking in the twenties or so. I think the, in the twenties for baseball prospectus and close to the bottom of the list for baseball America. And Jeter Martinez looks like a, a very good young pitcher that, um, should make a jump as well this year. So, I tried to mix and match them a little bit. If I'm picking one, it's probably Baseball America over Baseball Prospectus. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting to see because I, you know, I know of our prospects. I try to collect their cards when I can. Actually, I told you, I just bought a Gabby Gonzalez Bowman Chrome. I don't think it was his first Bowman Chrome. Maybe it is. I can't remember. But um, I bought it, and then two days later, he got traded. I just got the card. I was literally just putting it in a holder today, a sleeve today. And now he's traded. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to see kind of where they, um, they rank these guys and how kind of different they are. Um, you know, again, outside of the top four, um, mine, you know, what I noticed and you put it down here, you know, prospects to watch outside of the top 10, you put Aiden Smith, Jeter Martinez, Teddy McGraw. I really feel, you know, just from what I've heard through the grapevine, um, you know, him being a very, very solid draft pick last season, um, Teddy McGraw might run up Baseball America's top 10 by the end of the season, you know, hoping he can come back from TJ surgery um, healthy and, and, you know, can work it out. But uh, um, 
you know, big ups on them still highlighting Teddy McGraw. Um, it's interesting to see with Baseball America too, um, you know, where whereas they don't just have the list, they have, you know, the projected lineup for later, you know, later in people's careers, 2027 in this case. But the best tools, you know, it's always kind of cool to see, you know, oh, best defensive catcher, Jake. Uh, how do you say that? An- Anchia? Anchia? Or something like that. Um, best defensive out- outfielder, Johnny Farmello. Best infield arm. Like, it's cool to see stuff like that, you know, because a lot of these guys, you can't watch their games, you know, because they're, they're either not on TV or um, they haven't debuted yet. So, um, you know, I, I kind of kind of leaning with you on Baseball America being a little bit better, but I think both of these lists got to be pretty valid. You know, um, I do like that Perspectives put Ty Pete on there. I think Ty Pete has a very good shot to to be a good breakout player. Um, uh, Michael Arroyo, for some reason, I, for, I, I mix him and Edwin Arroyo up, and Edwin Arroyo is not on the team anymore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I think the future's bright. I'm very surprised that um, they Baseball America considers our system 14th to 17th. I thought they'd be within the top 10. Maybe that's just my my Mariners prospect jaded glasses or whatever you want to call it. You know, I have those on, thinking we're probably a little bit better than we actually are. But, um, you know, I think by the end of the season, you know, if some of these prospects really turn it up, you know, the, the Colts, uh, Emerson's, the Cole Young's, the, you know, even Tyler Locklear, if Celestine makes an appearance and looks good, I, I mean, it certainly shouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that they're in the top 10, right? I don't think it's crazy to, yeah, I, I think it's, don't, I don't think it's crazy at all. I think that this team could, the, the farm system that is, could be in the top 10, um, by the end of the year, right? Like all those three guys at top, they're kind of ranked in the, t- in the middle of the top 100, right? Um, somewhere in the 30 to 40 range for the top 100 and all three of those guys could make jumps up to the, to the top of the list. Right. And when you get to the top of the list, your farm system ranking goes up, of course. And, uh, yeah, it's not wild at all to think, um, especially for those guys. Uh, and I think with the trade today, um, you know, Cole young, I think was had an outside chance maybe of maybe have kind of delayed a little bit of that probably rightly so with cole young with getting jorge blanco if everything turns all right out with him cole with him but you know if we're talking a little bit of eta with these guys that is one of the hang-ups is that uh, there's not really anybody that you know tyler locklear might be a name um maybe jonathan say if he kind of has a bounce back year this year like there wasn't a lot of these guys that were kind of knock it on the door right i think that's the probably the big hang up right now is that there's not a lot of early etas on some of these guys i think you know 2025 might be the earliest for them but you know push them out certainly a couple of them to 2026 i think is more realistic so one hang up in the mariners farm system right now yep uh who who was number one was it still the orioles um i don't think they've like fully released rankings yet but uh yeah the oreo i mean the orioles are the orioles are still like the like the orioles right now for baseball america they still have baseball america has they have six of the top 100 including jackson holiday who's the number one and then sammy basala the number 10 prospect in baseball and then 
yeah, like five in the five in the top fifty, right? So the Orioles are still very much, uh, I think, on top of the top of the leaderboard and prospect rankings there. Well, we'll just have to watch these guys. You know, we mention it every time we do uh, prospect corner or, uh, you know, just talking about Arizona Fall League, stuff like that. But um, these are certainly guys that, that, you know, if you're even just remotely an average Mariners fan, um, you know, you should watch out for these guys because this is, this is the Mariners' future. There's a lot of guys here um, that are that are hopefully going to be on that roster come 2027 2028 and it could be you know if, if these all plan out and they put even to 70 or 80 percent of what they should be capable of you know this will be a fun ball club to watch so um real quick but one more question here uh out of these both these top tens um you know looking at baseball america best tools stuff like that um, who is your favorite prospect? Um, my favorite. Well, if I had a, if I had to pick a prospect right now, like, and I don't, I wouldn't even say like, uh, it's because I think they're going to be the best player, right? Like, I'm a, I'm a Cole Young fan. Like, I, I like Cole Young. I think that he's, I think he has a high chance of being a hitter that the Mariners haven't really had in a while right like i think there's a decent chance that cole young is like a 280 type hitter right like 280 with you know like a 320 330 on base percentage that maybe doesn't get to a whole lot of power maybe only hits you know maybe 10 home runs a year or something like that but it's a very consistent you know on base um play solid defense at second base right like player so like yeah, there's a spot for there's a spot for those guys all the time, right? So like, I kind of like that about Cole Young. I think he's going to be a little different than what the Mariners have have had there, and I think you know has in terms of like the long term, um, I think the long term sight set on second base, which has been a black hole for the Mariners for a long, long time. So um, yeah, I kind of like the I kind of like Cole Young. Not meaning that he's probably going to be maybe even the highest ceiling of them, but I, I just like that he's a little different than maybe what the Mariners currently have. Um, I'm just gonna say. You know, I'm I'm like Big Al. I like to hit dingers and watch dingers get hit. I think my favorite is probably Laz Montez. Um, I I very much, as much as all of us Mariners fans want to hate the Astros, like one of my favorite players to watch is Jordan, even though he broke my heart a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> I I just like the power aspect of the game and, and Laz Montez is currently sit, sitting and being compared to someone like Jordan. I hope he can come up and not be a Vladimir Ballantine or a Carlos Paguero. I hope he can come up and be a Jordan for the Mariners. Wouldn't that be awesome if it just, you know, 2027 ALDS, the Mariners get there and they're facing the Astros. Well, the Astros won't be there because you know, all their players were getting old, but they're facing the Astros and the last Astros put on, put in a lefty that they bring in, they bring in Framber. That'd be even better. They bring in Framber in the ninth inning because they need the win. And Laz Montez is up with the plate and he smashes a 500 foot dinger into right field of T-Mobile park. Like I'm salvating at that. Wow, that's a, a beautiful screenplay. You should write that as a movie. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, 
That's beautiful. I feel like if I write it now, it's just Jinx and the Mariners. <laughs> but yeah. Um, let us know your favorite prospect. You know, the one that, that catches your eye is a little bit. If you are a uh, Mariners fan that follows the prospects, hit us up on our Facebook page, um, our threads page, our Instagram page, our, our inboxes are open, you know, let us know. Um, Bo and I both read them and, um, you know, we could talk about them on air. So if you got a favorite, let us know and we will, uh, you know, we'll see if we agree or disagree with you. <laughs> so, well, Bo, that's everything for today. Um, do you have anything else before we get out of here? Uh, that's it for me. I, I have one more thing, Bo, and it, it's just, I, I've asked you a lot of questions and I got one more question for you. Are you ever going to bring back our trivia question of the week? Oh man, after Christmas, I was trivia out for a little while, but you, it could, it could make an appearance. It could make an appearance. I think feel, I feel like we got to do it every so often now, but uh, I'll keep you on your toes about when that's going to be. How does that sound? It surprised me. Surprised me. I like to be surprised. Just kidding. I don't like surprises. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's everything for you. That's everything for me. Let's get out of here. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week. Brother. Brother.